going on guys thanks for tuning in to another episode of the red and gold standard podcast my name is zach hernandez and as always i am joined by my co-host matt llewellyn and our guy mike andrews of nothing but niners we have our first preview show of the year here for you guys this evening thanks for tuning in this friday evening we got a great show planned for you guys uh before i kick it off to the crew if you guys are tuning in on twitter head over to youtube.com Slash 49ers Hive, it is scrolling across the bottom of your screen. Join from there so we can see and interact with your comments. We're not ignoring anybody on Twitter. Elon said he's going to bring back Periscope, but he's going to allow comments back on Twitter. But until then, we can't see anything you're saying. So stop talking to a wall. Come to YouTube.com slash 49ers Hive. Join from there and share your thoughts on the 49ers. Anything you want to say, we'll hear it. Um, now that I got all that out, hit like, hit subscribe. Um, somebody will drop off the show, hand deliver it straight to your door if you do like and subscribe. So make sure you do that. You don't want to miss that out. Uh, Mike, how you doing this evening? I am well, man. I am looking forward to this show. Uh, football is finally back. The Niners are playing uh, in, a, in just a couple of hours, it feels like, right? I know it's not Saturday, but it just feels like it's right around the corner. I feel like a kid at Christmas time. I've, I don't know. The last time I've been this excited for preseason football, man. But I am going to be locked in. I'm going to be watching everything. I'm probably going to end up watching this game like eight times to watch different position groups over and over, you know. But I'm really excited about it, man. Um, and everything else is great. Everything else is great. How about you guys? Exactly. Matt, Matt how you doing? I'm doing good, Zach. Um, another week of work in the books. But it's finally here, preseason football. I'm super excited, and like Mike said, I'm probably going to watch it more than once just to get a feel for, you know, what everybody's doing, where everybody's going, and you know, nothing like micromanaging the first preseason game. So let's let's overanalyze. Let's get those analysis caps on. Exactly. I mean, hey, look, if you can overanalyze and break down every single detail of practice, you can definitely get into these football, these preseason games, at least ten times more than that. Um, like Mike said. Get these likes up, guys. Hit like, hit subscribe. We appreciate everybody in the chat. Share your share your thoughts. Um, so in a little over or a little under, I should say, 48 hours, about 41 hours from now, 49 hours take on the Raiders in Vegas after a few days of joint practices. Um, it was just announced today, Kyle Shanahan via Ken BR, that Trey Lance will start the game and play most of the first half. 
Sam Darnold will then come in in the second half and play most of that. I imagine Brandon Allen will get whatever time uh, Sam Darnold doesn't. Um, does this surprise either of you guys, or is this kind of what you were expecting after he had named Purdy the starter going into the preseason? I'm a little bit surprised. Sorry, I'm just a little bit surprised in how much they seem like they're going to play. Um, typically, even with a backup quarterback, you would think that Trey Lance would maybe get a quarter, and then you have Sam Darnold play like a quarter, a quarter and a half, and then you'd have Brandon Allen do mop-up duty. But the way that Kyle made it sound is that it's going to be kind of those two for the bulk of the game. And it's just an interesting thing. I think they're still trying to get a feel for who the backup is going to be. But with a half of football, that gives Trey Lance a real opportunity to get out there and shine for sure. I think it's more about the battle for the backup position, if I'm being completely honest with you. Uh, I think Kyle wants to see what these guys can do. Um, I feel like um, there's a a little bit of a doghouse situation going on. I'll I'll get into that later on in the show. Um, But you know, once Kyle, uh, he said it at the presser, I'm not really surprised uh, by the amount that these guys are going to be playing because they've been splitting reps so much. Um, he, he said at the presser a couple of days ago, um, he was asked straight up, is Brock Purdy going to play in preseason? He was like, I doubt it. I don't usually play my starters. So uh, he's like, I've changed my mind before, but, you know, it is what it is. So I'm not surprised at all uh, by the amount that they're going to be playing either. So let me ask you guys this, right? Because the the whole discussion around the backup spot is between obviously Trey Lance and Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has been in the league now, what, four years, five years? Um, this is going to be a sixth, I believe. And my question to you guys is if Trey Lance, with the little experience he has going in his third year, is even close to the level that Sam Darnold is at, wouldn't logic indicate then that based on trajectories, this is where Sam Darnold is going to be, regardless of what he learns or what Kyle Shan can do, and Trey Lance is going to continue to go up as he gets more experience. Is, would you would you agree or disagree with the notion that that's more likely to be the case? Or am I just kind of my bias taking over and I'm seeing into things the way I want to be seeing them? What do you guys think? Mike? Yeah, no, um, I see what you're saying. If they're even, then it's the it, the guy that has the edge is the guy with the least experience, right? So if, if if all things are equal, then that means that Lance is further along than what, you know, you would expect. However, um, you know, I I understand not it not being that way because it's also experience in the system. So Lance should go out there and have full control of this offense. He has done nothing but learn this playbook, learn the ins and outs of this offense for three seasons now. So, you know, it, it makes sense to me that um, he would w- that Sam Darnold won't look as good. I don't expect him to look as good as Lance, but I also won't hold that against Darnold. He's only been in the system for a couple of months. Okay. All right. That, that makes sense. Matt, did you have any thoughts? I mean, here, here's the thing. Lance is going out there. He's getting the, the start, and he's going to play a lot of the half. But just as easily, and we've seen it before from Kyle Shanahan, that if it really is a truly close battle, then that position could switch next week where Darnold gets a start and then Trey Lance plays. Um, I think it's a little too much to read into it, although when you look at the snap counts, it does seem like Trey Lance has gotten a little bit more run um, out there in 11-on-11s and 7-on-7s than than Sam Darnold has. Um, I would say they're close, but again, it's 
the devil you know versus the devil you don't. And I think there's something to the fact that Trey Lance does have more experience in the system. However, we know more about what uh, Sam Darnold is in terms of a finished product because of how much experience he has starting in the league, multiple teams, and it seems like it's the same old Sam every time he gets out on the field. So you could look at it both ways. I'm just going to be more sure of it if I see it next week. If it's next week, Brock Purdy's still not playing, then you know that Brock Purdy's probably going to be the starter for the season. You know, you'll see him preseason week three or whatever, getting like a series or two. Um, If Brock doesn't play week two preseason and Trey Lance starts, Trey Lance should have a firm grip on the backup job. If it's Sam Darnold, then you know it's still a toss-up. So you kind of play this thing as you know by ear and, and take it as it goes but i think it's a fun sign that trey lance is going to be the starter right off the bat um maybe just gives me a little bit of a vibe that he might be a little more ahead than sam darnold at this point okay all right so i, I think we're kind of all on the same page or close to it um now the one thing i want to talk to you guys <laughs> about is it, we've talked about this in previous episodes this quarterback drama that's been taking place not even necessarily on the field. Clearly, it's taking place on the field, but the drama is taking place online. The animosity that I feel like we've been seeing amongst 49ers fans, um, beat reporters, I don't remember it ever being like this. And it was pretty bad Trey's rookie year. Um, and it got a little bad last year, but I don't think I've seen it to this level. And maybe because there was a kind of common understanding that Jimmy Garoppolo is the veteran and Trey Lance wasn't going to just come in and unseat him. And now it's almost like Brock took something from Trey. I feel like it's how people are seeing this. Um, why do you guys think it's so vitriolic this year? If you guys even agree with me that it is more so than previous years. I don't know if you're seeing that as well or if that's just my take on it. What do you guys think? I, I think it's more passion, right? Um, you know, Acash tweeted something out earlier today. He said, 49ers training camp coverage, worse than election coverage. Each side, in quotes, uh, just looks to bury the other side on a daily basis. Ultimately, fans miss out on quality coverage about other aspects of the team. Can't wait to get past this nonsense. And I quote tweeted that and, you know, basically saying that I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, right? I don't know the last time so many just... Niner fans, forget which side they fall on. So many have been paying so much attention to preseason, not even preseason, because preseason hasn't even started for the 49ers, right? They are paying attention to every single article that comes out. Um, and I, th- I think it's good for the f- business of football. I think it's good for the brand of 49ers football. Um, now, the the people, you know, going back and forth with their quarterbacks is something that you know, I, th- I think people just have to be honest with themselves. We're wasting a lot of time pretending that we don't have a preference, right? I mean, look, the truth of the matter is we're all Niner fans. We just want to win games. That that goes for every single body out there, right? But I was very clear that I think Lance should get the start coming into this season. Even when we were in the postseason, before Brock got hurt, I said on this show that Lance should get the start, barring Brock Purdy doing some, like, miraculous stuff in the Super Bowl. Right. I just didn't see how it, it shouldn't be uh, Trey Lance's team going forward because I didn't believe that Kyle believed you lose your job to injury. Um, you can have a preference and be vocal about that preference and still want the best for the team, regardless of what decision is made by the head coaching staff. OK, OK. I think the problem comes is that's not how it's being treated, though. 
everybody who has a preference is willing to die on the hill for that preference and not willing to listen to any other argument that could potentially disprove. And it's not ironic that this whole training camp stat trend seems to have started in recent years with Grant Cohn because it's a lot of people who are from the Grant Cohn tree that continue on with the opposing narratives and the ones that are stirring up the most trouble. I mean, it's it's just it's gotten to a point where you're team Lance or your team Purdy and you know it's a, just a battle straight up and it doesn't matter if you post a stat like th- you know for one guy a stat for another guy they'll people will pick sides they'll try to tear apart your argument or they'll support it if they're on your side and by the way statistics can be manipulated anyway that's the problem it's okay to be like oh no i want to see what they have in trey lance right Th- that's cool man like I'm i'm totally down for that too but at the end of the day, if you're arguing for your guy, um, no matter what, rather than voting, you know, arguing for the guy who's the best to help the team, even if I'm like a Lance guy and people bring up the fact that Brock Purdy has done it in games and this and this and that, and if Brock Purdy ends up being the best guy, that's what it is. Like, I'm, I'm not against that. I'm not opposed to that. But people will argue it like it's a life and death thing. Like, the other guy is just complete trash. You can, you know, that guy sucks. He shouldn't be on the field. You know, whether it's Trey Lance, you know, from the past. Oh, he's not accurate. He's not this and that. Or Brock Purdy today throwing four interceptions in the joint practice. Oh, he sucks. He's he was never good. Um, Purdy did all that because he played shitty defenses or the crutch of he only had Christian McCaffrey and put up the numbers side by side with Christian McCaffrey. You give Purdy playoff props. It's like, oh, Seattle had the 25th ranked defense in the NFL. Or, you know, somebody wants to try to put Lance over, uh, you know, like he was drafted in the first round. He's got the better arm. He's got all this. Then people will say, well, he hasn't played and he hasn't developed. So he's trash, too. And it's like, well, he hasn't gotten an opportunity. You can argue it both ways. It's just when people dig in their heels and get shitty to each other. And that's what I've seen more than anything. And, Mike, you'll call it passion. I think people I I think Akash is actually right. It, It is very reminiscent of politics where it's us versus them mentality when at the end of the day, it should be about the team winning. You know, we're talking about this quarterback shit still. And what's going by the wayside is the fact that we're going into the first preseason game and there's not even a whisper of a Nick Bosa extension and nobody cares because they're arguing about over which guy's going to be under center. It's pretty ridiculous, man. Straight up. Can I just jump in really quick? Right. And you know, what stirs the passion? It's the reporting of or it's it's the excuses that are built into the reporting right so i saw a post today david lombardi what well, no 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 well david yeah, lombardi does it though right but but that's not where i, I mean i wasn't going to single anybody out for their for their what i think is biased listen or i figure if you're but, a big name and you're like a credentialed reporter then you're big enough to be criticized for being a homer because if the team gives you credentials you should be held to a higher standard that's all i'm saying no, no, no. I, I get that part. I completely understand what you're saying. It's But you, you see the mess online from everyone who's not credentialed, right? The people who are credentialed tweet their stuff and they just go on about their business. But it's when you have uh, the video that came out with uh, Jimmy Ward saying, oh, well, yeah, like, you know, practice is when you're supposed to throw the interception. So I'm not worried about Brock Purdy at all. Like, he's going to be fine. You want to go out there and figure out what works and what doesn't. But then when you hear that Trey Lance or Sam Darnold 
are throwing the interceptions, then it's, oh, I told you this guy wasn't ready. He's the same old person. The accuracy isn't there for Lance and Sam Donald sees ghosts. And if it's not the first week, like, it seems like there's an excuse for one guy and then the other two don't get that same excuse. And that's when the passion starts to get stirred up because then people are saying, no, well, you said this when this guy did it. How come you're not saying the same exact thing when the other two do it? And I think that's where the passion really comes in. But I don't think that's true, though, because you look at David Lombardi, somebody who's super pro Purdy, right? And he'll sit there, and if people talk shit about his opinion, he'll come back at him with with other stuff. And then you look at Grant, who's very clearly pro Trey Lance, and he'll just say that Brock Purdy sucks all day. He called him Mac Purdy today. He called him Mac Purdy. That's a credentialed reporter. Which okay. can I, so they're by the way, take sides, by the way, they're definitely taking yes. sides. The credentialed reporters are taking sides and they're definitely shit talking when other people do it. Yes. Like when people call them out, when people do whatever, it's not just the Twitter guys. And again, it's the same group. It's, it's Grant Cohn. It's David Lombardi. It's Jack Hammer. It's Jesse Naylor. It's like all the usual suspects. Ryan Hensley, Ryan Hensley. They're all doing the same thing. And by the way, all those guys, except for David Lombardi come off of Grant Cohn's tree. And it's all, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're talking behind the scenes, looking at all the clicks and all the shit that they're stirring. But it has worked people into a frenzy, and people that normally you get along with online or whatever will come at you like a ravenous wolf, like you're holding a stake around your neck because you said something that they don't agree with with the yeah. quarterbacks, and it just gets real crazy. Also, I ju- I just want to add in real quick that Grant Cohn, hate him or like him, I mean the guy seems to change his opinion based off of what's trendy and um oh he's like a flag in the wind dude yes sir yes exactly so last year i mean people dug up tweets of him hyping up purdy saying this is when the 49ers knew purdy was the one you know and it's him throwing a touchdown to use check or something against the dolphins i think the first touchdown pass basically hyping him up and, and you know before that, it was play the kid, play the kid. Come on, Kyle, play the kid. Trey Lance needs to get in here and play the kid. And then last year was all Purdy. And then now this year, he's basically back to Lance and anti-Purdy. And it's like, what are we, what are we, what? Go ahead, Mike, go ahead. And that's it. I hate that I'm shooting Grant Cohen Bale because he doesn't need anybody to do that for himself, right? I don't think that he's pro-Purdy or per-Lance or even pro-Darnold. He's anti-Kyle. No, I think he's pro-competition. I think that he feels this should be a competition. You saw what one guy can do in play with Brock Purdy. You spent all this equity on Trey Lance, and then you go out there and get another number three overall pick. Let them compete for the position and play it out. But because it doesn't even seem to be close to a quarterback competition, now it's like, oh, so you don't care that Brock Purdy just threw four out of six interceptions for the whole day, and you're just going to let the other guys who are uh, doing this, this, and this just be backups no matter what. I, th- I think that I think that's more of what his angle is. It should be a quarterback competition. I don't think so. I don't think so. We got Jay Realist in here saying you can't put the blame on Grant for another grown man discernment. They all come from his tree, though. That's the thing. It's the same thing that Grant's doing. People point out online that Grant's dad, Lowell, used to do this shit too. Jesse Sapolo is on record saying that Lowell used to try to stir division and shit within the 80s 49ers. Listen, when you look up to your idol, you imitate your idol. It's a sincerest form of flattery. And Grant is a lot like his dad in that controversy creates cash, controversy gets clicked. And if you're in this business for what they are with 
let's face it, I mean, being a beat reporter for an NFL team has a limited reach, right? You're not on ESPN or on NFL Network. You're not on Good Morning Football. You're not on these shows where you have this wide-ranging reach. you got to maximize the reach. And I'm not hating on the hustle, but let's call it for what it is. It is a hustle, right? Like, like Zach said, I more agree with what Zach said because if you look, even when Purdy had a good day, Grant was throwing him shade, right? If Lance was having a bad day, Grant was giving him a pass and still throwing shade at Purdy. It was a lot of deflection to fit his narrative, right? And again, I think that a lot of this is they're digging in their heels and they want to get out of it all the clicks, all the responses, all the engagement, because the more eyes that are on them, the better. And it really doesn't matter which side they're on. They know that if they talk enough shit and stir up enough division and anger amongst the fan base, which, let's be honest, is not hard to do, they're going to get all the engagement, and that's going to cause them to be bigger. You know, you can't tell me that Grant Cohn wouldn't like an opportunity to work for a network, right? You can't tell me that some of these guys don't aspire to do more. You wouldn't do it as much as they did if you didn't. But at the end of the day, you got to ax to grind. Matt Mayoko isn't doing this shit. Matt Mayoko's putting numbers up and then staying silent. And Matt Mayoko's been doing it for a long time. And I'm not saying that he's got more in with the team than all of these guys. He's like an old head or whatever, but he doesn't see the need to do it. He's got his base. I think a lot of these other guys are just trying to stir the pot because that's what they do. Yeah. And, and Mike, just to repeat myself, I, th- I really do think Grant is anti-Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan made Grant look dumb a couple of times in press conferences. And ever since then, Grant's like, I'm going to go on a mission to make you look stupid and basically call for your job at every chance I get and say that this is 100% on you. Cause I think I saw him the other day that, you know, if, if, per, if he moves on from Lance and oh, goes with yeah. Purdy, he deserves to be yep. fired. Yep. He said, he said, because he called Purdy the real deal, that means he's tied to him now. And right. if Purdy doesn't make it, then he deserves to get fired, which is a wild thing to say about a coach that's made the NFC championship game three out of the last four years. Yeah. Like those guys don't grow on trees. And I've always talked about that this team, I want this team's formula to be that of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the the New England Patriots where they're in it every single year and not the Rams version. Dude, the Rams are going to be like a four win team this year. They're trash. They, they got their Super Bowl, but then what else? Nothing. They, they have one ring to show for it and they're going to spend the next few years in purgatory because they don't have picks. They don't have money. They don't have talent. They sold it all. They sold the farm. I'd much rather have a 49ers team that's going to be in the playoffs year in, year out. I mean, even those great 80s teams, they won four Super Bowls in, in 10 years, right? That's fantastic. But then there were six other years where they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they were still there. They were still great to watch. You can take solace in having a good football team. You know, I don't see this among Steeler fans who are like, Mike Tomlin only won two rings. He needs to get fired. You know what I mean? Because they're in the mix every single year. And that's what you want. When's the last time Bill Belichick won a title? When Tom Brady left, right? What's he done since then? Not a lot, but guess what? They're in it. Even with Mac Jones as a rookie, they were in in the hunt. You know, they were close with Cam Newton when he was their starter or whatever. They didn't make it, but they were close. And I'd much rather have that. So it's it's funny to me that Grant can stir up this kind of anti-Kyle sentiment, or we got people online saying like, man, Kyle and I'm not going to name his name. I want him to come on the show and I want him to defend himself. But he's like, Kyle said no to Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady and said yes to CJ Beathard 
and C- and Mullins and whatever else. And it's just it, it, he said said yes to cousins CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins. And it's like, dude, you're talking about one. Mahomes wasn't Mahomes when he came out. Nobody thought Mahomes was going to be as good as he is. And you can look at the scouting reports. Okay. Like, dude wasn't expected to be that good. I think Kansas City drafted him. What was his draft position? Like 14 or 16 or something like that? 14, something like that. Yeah. Right. He wasn't a top 10 pick. Right. He had a lot of upside. They drafted him for upside. You know, Uh, they said no to Brady. Okay. But that's because they had Jimmy and just paid Jimmy. He wanted Cousins. Okay, well, they didn't get Cousins, but I can guarantee you right now that Cousins has been better than anything that Kyle has had. Like, Cousins is a solid-ass pro. I don't care what anybody says. He might not win great playoff games or whatever, but he's a solid starter. That's why he's been a starter. That's why nobody has replaced him in the however many years that he's been a starter. And then he was like, uh, you know, oh, they said yes to Mullins and, and C.J. Beathard. Those were like mid, and I think Mullins was undrafted, and C.J. Beathard was like a third-round pick. NFL teams take third-round quarterbacks all the time, and very rarely do you even see them on the field ever, right? So for this, like, it's just it's just funny to me that people will be like, I don't trust Kyle, whatever, whatever. And we've had three out of four years where we've made the NFC Championship game with quarterbacks that people would not consider great quarterbacks. It's like, how much more trust do you need in a guy? I think I think 49ers fans are getting a little entitled to the whole thing. So I uh, it, it, appreciate it because – it's real easy to forget about the Chip Kelly days. It's real easy to forget about the year we had with Jim Tom Sula. Real easy to forget that stuff when Kyle is serving you up dish after dish after dish, right? But we can go back to eating plates full of shit if y'all want to. Keep looking the gift course in the mouth, and that's what you're going to get. So it, it's kind of funny. Like The whole thing is just, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. We even got it <laughs> in here. Look, 49ers throwback, Cousins overrated. Overrated how? I just said that he was a solid starter. Is he not a solid starter? Pretty sure he's a solid. Did I say he was a top 10 quarterback? Did I say he was top five? No. But I'm telling you that he's better than anything the 49ers have had. And I I dare you to statistically prove me wrong with any metric. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he is a top 10 quarterback. I know people don't want to admit that, but I think Cousins actually is a top 10 quarterback. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find, you know, 10 people better than him, you know. Uh, look, I just want to ask this question really quick, and then we can, you know, move on if you guys want. I, I do have this whole conspiracy theory. Like I said, we'll get to it later maybe if you want. But I think uh, the reporting from the – if you heard that a quarterback went 10 for 10 in practice with two touchdowns, you're going to be like, oh, wow, that's really good, Right. But don't you want the context to that? Don't you want to know that eight of those throws were at or behind the line of scrimmage? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's just the way I'm looking at it. No, I, no, I'm with you on that. I was gonna say I appreciate the 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 finer details of what exactly we're looking at. You know what I mean? So, um, that and I said that again in defense of Grant when he bashed Purdy for the really really good day that Purdy had out there uh there's two things that i've heard consistently about purdy and i think that those should not be ignored um when he gets down in red zone he finds the end zone when they're doing those red zone drills he finds the end zone you're not settling for field goals and we saw that i like hearing that that carried over from last year into this year right but if you're also going to say that he's dinking and dunking the whole time and then you know the throws that are 10 yards or more 
is when he's throwing interceptable passes and things like that. I do want that kind of context. So uh, I, I have an appreciation for it. You have to just learn to ignore the bias and take out of it what you are looking for as an individual. That's all. No, I, and I totally feel you on that. But even Grant's stuff is lacking context because if Purdy's going against the the number one defense, it, the, you know, the ones on defense, that's a top five defense in the NFL, right? If Lance is having a good day and it's against the twos, does that make a difference too? It should. But their context goes both ways, right? If if Darnold's out there and he goes seven and nine with three touchdowns, but he's playing like Ambry Thomas, who's barely hanging on to a roster spot at this point, and three undrafted camp bodies, then like does that is that as impressive? You know, and there's something to be said, yeah, even behind whatever the line of scrimmage or whatever. Um, there was some crazy stat that like 68% of passes travel less than 15 yards in the air in the NFL across the league. So it's not like you're, everybody's bombing down the field. That That is what it is. Yeah. But at the same time, like I do think that when people just put up completion percentage, touchdowns, interceptions, it's lacking in context in all areas. And people will do that. You know, today's example of the most egregious today was was David Lombardi, where he was like 49ers quarterbacks threw a combined six interceptions. And it was like, dude, every <laughs> other day you're breaking it down individually, bro. And it's just like, dang, man, you know, it is. Know. Yeah, it's crazy. Daddy says the Raiders aren't a top anything defense. He struggled against them, dude. First of all, he's coming off an injury to his throwing elbow. And I'm not trying to throw out an excuse. If you're out there playing, you should be better. But at the same time, too, we all know this. We go through this every year. The first part of preseason, they're not – Kyle is not throwing any any Kyle wrinkles out there. He's not running his offense. He's running the most basic vanilla shit. Ty always goes to the defense when you're running garbage. You know what I'm saying? So it is it is what it is. And I do want to address this, by the way, before we move on. Amin Moore says, can Kyle develop quarterbacks? That's a good question. Show me a quarterback that Kyle has received either through the draft or trade in free agency that hasn't gotten injured. They literally all have. All of them. Jimmy, injured. C.J. Beathard, injured. Mullins, injured. Right? Uh, Purdy, obviously injured. Lance, obviously injured. Who has he had for a steady amount of time? And the fact that he's made... How many quarterbacks? Let's count it. Jimmy, C.J., Nick Mullins, Trey Lance... Brock Purdy, uh, Josh Johnson. Six quarterbacks have played for Kyle Shanahan in his tenure. Oh, and he's made Hoyer. Hoyer. Oh, seven. And he's yeah. made three NFC championship games with those seven. It's not about developing quarterbacks. The dude can coach a team. Plain and simple. And when you're at the granular head coaching level, it's less your job to develop your quarterback and more on your quarterback coach. And so this is year two of Brian Greasy. And by all accounts, the one guy that he was working with the most last year, Trey Lance, has shown a lot of improvement. Now, we didn't get to see that from Purdy, but again, how many times have we seen stunted growth from the quarterbacks because they're working back from injury? Yeah. Right? Trey Lance was cleared to throw back in February. He's been throwing all offseason. So, of course, he's going to come out looking fresher, looking better, or whatever. So, it is what yeah. it is, man. That That's all I got to say on that. Real quick, um, I just want to say, if the 49ers – all things the same, swapped in Kirk Cousins for Trey Lance or Brock Purdy, they'd win the Super Bowl this year if he plays all 17 games. I am oh, uh, In a straight-up trade? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Everything stays trade? the same, Easy. but the quarterback changes. I am dead certain they would win a Super Bowl. Uh, Mike, we talked about this last week when uh, it was just Matt and I. 
there was all this talk about Trey Lance working with uh, Quincy Avery and then working with Jeff Christensen and everybody thought Kyle Shanahan was or wasn't involved. And then Kyle Shanahan said, I don't have any control over which quarterback coaches these quarterbacks work with. And then Quincy Avery comes out on Twitter saying, uh, I never worked with Lance after he was drafted. I only worked with him before. Once he was drafted, Kyle wanted him to work with a coach that knew his playbook. He went on to go work with John Beck with the QB Collective, a coach that Kyle's familiar with. I was a little unsure of what what the problem is. Like, is it a matter of Kyle's a liar? Kyle's a hypocrite? Do you have any thoughts on this? Because I know you talked about, you and Matt talked about Trey Lance and, and his uh, progress. I think it's more about uh, speaking matter-of-factly, right? Kyle can suggest who his players go and work with and what they do in the offseason, but he literally has no control. Those guys can straight up say no. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and to take it off of the quarterback position for a second, uh, there were Debo not training with the rest of the wide receivers, right? Kyle was asked about that later on, and he said, I wish he was here with the team. I wish he was here going through the stuff with us, but I do trust that he's out and he's getting the work that he needs, and he'll be ready when the season gets here. So it, it's, it's kind of, you know, you, again, you got to take the context for what it is and find your truth in what he's saying. I can't force them to do it. But I do, you know, of course, I'm going to make suggestions for my franchise or who I wanted to be the franchise quarterback. Right. I'm going to make those kind of suggestions. So I don't I don't think that technically he was lying. I don't have any control over that. Uh, if they take my suggestions, then great. If they don't, then, you know, more power to them. OK. All right. I like that. Uh, we had a couple super chats in here. Just want to get to real quick. All-Star Everyday Kim says Lombardi fans be on those Tyrone Biggums rocks. <laughs> They're all, eh, eh, eh. Uh, and all day, every day, Kim, again, Kyle is called an offensive genius, but he has no foresight on the quarterback position. I think that's tough. I think that's really tough to say. I think he made some mistakes, but I wouldn't necessarily put it all on him. I think in 2019, Jimmy Garoppolo had just had his best year ever. Tom Brady had just had arguably one of his worst years. I don't think he's that out of the realm to think that they were on different trajectories. Go ahead, Matt. But you, but you can't have it both ways. You can't sit here and say, you know, Kyle can't develop quarterbacks and then look at it the same way and then be like, oh, Kyle wanted Kirk Cousins. Kyle wanted, you know, Mac Jones instead of Trey Lance or whatever. Like, if 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 you want to, you know, kind of criticize him for whatever, he's working with what he's got, right? Like, if he can't develop guys, well, who's the guys that he picked? Because he didn't get Cousins and he didn't get Mac Jones. So if he can't develop quarterback, I, again, it goes back to that Bill Parcells gro- you know, quote. It's like, if you want me to cook you a meal, at least let me shop for some of the groceries. And either Kyle picked those players and can't develop quarterbacks, or Kyle didn't pick those players, and it's hard to develop a guy that you didn't see a lot in anyway. I, I think the Kyle can't develop them comes from the two quarterbacks that we know he absolutely picked both of which he traded up for in the draft and handpicked. And that was Bethard and Trey Lance. And both Are you both sure? Guys. Because yes. if you believe reports that Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones the whole time and that Trey he, Lance was a scouting call. Right. No, but he, if that's so, true, then Kyle didn't want Trey Lance. The one guy Kyle wanted was C.J. Bethard. And if you're looking for a franchise quarterback in the third round, you're drafting wrong. Well, so Kyle, Kyle uh, straight up admitted that, you know, I wanted, I thought Mac Jones was going to be the guy. 
He said, then we traded up and realized we might have a couple more options. And then, you know, the scouts brought me a couple of other players and we looked at it and then settled on Lance. So he did say, I thought it was going to be Mac Jones. That was the guy I was looking for. And then after more information was brought to him, he looked up some more guys and then he started liking what he could see in Trey Lance. And that makes sense to me also because Trey Lance is this mold of clay. He's just a lump of clay. He had what, 14 games total in college, right? Like those, you don't have to work as hard to take tendencies away from somebody with no tendencies. You know what I mean? So I, I think that he did actually value what, he saw once he got up to the number three spot and realized that the, there's more of a field to get from him, right? I, I was big on the Justin Fields thing. We should get Justin Fields. We should get Justin Fields, right? But Justin Fields had a lot of experience. He played against certain uh, types of uh, competition and all, but he had a lot of tendencies that were hard to break. We saw that in his rookie season. We saw it in his second season. You know what I mean? And I think those are the kind of things that would drive Kyle crazy. Uh, people were saying, oh, you didn't even go out there and get Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah, because I think those kind of quarterbacks that do more off script stuff would drive Kyle crazy. I think Kyle wants someone that's going to operate in the system. And if a play breaks down, then you can do something extra, but the play isn't broken down. If the first read isn't there. And a lot of the times you saw that with Justin Fields, you saw that with a young Patrick Mahomes in college, in college, but there's a reason that Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a full season before he got in there. You have to get those tendencies out of those guys and then do it. And it's just going to be easier to do with a guy who only played 14 uh, college games. Okay, but then you can't have it both ways, though. If 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 Kyle, you can't tie Kyle Shanahan to Mac Jones and then criticize him for how Trey Lance was developed if you tell me he settled on, on Trey Lance. Beside the fact that, like you said, he needed a year. Cool, he got his year. What happened in year two? Something that didn't happen to Mahomes. He got hurt for the entire season. So is that Kyle can't develop Trey Lance? You know, the same people that'll be like, why didn't Kyle let Quincy Avery work with Trey Lance after college because Kyle wanted his guy are the same motherfuckers saying that he can't develop a quarterback. And it's like, wait, I'm gonna let the, my quarterback that I'm supposed to develop go work with a guy that I don't know rather than the guy that knows my offense. So you can't have it both ways. So people saying I'm making excuses. Nah, y'all are just blind to what's actually going on. I know you're not saying that, Mike. There's people in the comments that are saying it. And it, it's you can't have it both ways. You can't if you sit here and tell me that you just have an anti-Kyle bias, and it's the same shit that I see online with the quarterbacks. You're sitting out here. If you're honking for Brock Purdy, despite the fact that he threw four interceptions today, you're just pro Brock Purdy and anti Trey Lance. If you're out there with Trey Lance trying to pretend like him skipping passes to the running backs in year three isn't still a problem, even though he's doing it, then you're part of the problem. You have an anti Brock Purdy bias and a pro Trey Lance bias. That's fine, but call a spade a spade at least be intellectually honest with what you're arguing and being like, no, this is my guy. And I don't give a fuck what the other guy does. I'm rolling with my guy. Otherwise for me, I'm about the team and I don't give a shit. If it's Brock Purdy, I don't give a shit. If it's Trey Lance, I don't give a shit. If Kyle can't develop himself. All right. Kyle Shanahan in football games. And this team has made three NFC championships in the last four years. And for those of you that are too young to have made it through the mid to late two thousands. And you know, before, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh was here, and then afterwards with with Jim Tom Sula and the Chip Kellys, like y'all are wrong, man. And y'all got to look in the mirror because it's not always going to be like this. And if you prematurely want this dude out of here, you're going to get what you wish for, and it's not going to be pretty. I don't like the intellectually dishonest arguments. Okay, right. Be fair. All right. If somebody makes a real point, 
that is that is you know that's hard to argue concede the point it's okay to say i don't know i don't know about trey lance i don't know about brock purdy i don't know that kyle shanahan definitively can or can't develop quarterbacks because he hasn't had one that hasn't gotten injured or has played for long enough even when jimmy g was a quarterback the starting quarterback for however many years he was injured every other year and that's yeah. why they drafted somebody to replace him in the first place. So you can't right. tell me that you know 100% that he can or can't develop quarterbacks. Anything less than that is just bullshit. You're making it up. And I think that he's getting a raw deal because he, if to me, he's actually shown that he can develop quarterbacks. From For all intents and purposes, Trey Lance looks better this year. I'm not saying that he's more accurate or anything. They're talking about his delivery, his release, uh, the, the the decisiveness. He is developing from what we saw when he first got in there. And Brock Purdy, I mean, he was Mr. Irrelevant, people. And look at what he did when he went in there. If that's not development, I, I don't know what you're looking for. So you can't say that he's not developing quarterbacks or he can't do it. If anything, I think he actually is developing these young quarterbacks. And he deserves right. credit for that. And with the, the Brock Purdy, that's the thing that angers me the most about the Brock Purdy thing. It's like, dude was Mr. Irrelevant. He came in and did what he did last year. And y'all are just like shitting on him. It's like, what was he supposed to be? What did you expect out of him? You're only shitting on him because he surpassed your every expectation. Because I guarantee you, when Jimmy G went down against the Dolphins, we were like, oh, fuck, season's over. That's it. We're yep. done. We're toast. We're not winning anything. And then the dude came in and just didn't lose. Right? So, like, I again, it's revisionist history. It's angles. It's whatever. My only angle is whoever's best for the team is what it is. You know what I mean? So... Let me get this little conspiracy theory out the way and then we can jump into yeah, actually yeah. previewing the game because I think that there's a lot of fun stuff to look forward to in this upcoming game. So wait, I wait, wait thinking, hold on, hold on. What the fuck is this uh, comment? Everybody's criticizing. All I, who's mad? Me? Bro, I said that four interceptions is a bad look. And if you're you're rooting for him despite your four <laughs> interceptions, that you're wrong and you're just a pro purdy guy. Dang, man. Some of y'all need to like get the wax out of your fucking ears and listen to what I'm saying. And that, that goes back to the context thing that we were talking about earlier. Like, it's just people hear what they want to hear, and then they they hold on to that one piece. You can talk for 10 minutes, but for 30 seconds, you said this, and that's what I'm going to harp on. They're going to ignore everything else. Um, but my quick conspiracy theory. Would you guys agree that Trey Lance is in some sort of doghouse right now? Not maybe not right now, right now, but I I wouldn't be surprised if he was at some point. He he got benched in practice. The first practice against the Raiders, he got benched. Did you guys hear about that? No. Okay, so they they snapped the ball. Hold on, I got I, I got my notes here. Hold on. So uh he got benched. First, it was a false start. No, I'm sorry. First, it was a bobbled snap. Fumble, they recover. The very next snap was a false start. Kyle pulls him off. He doesn't finish that series. And then they said that Kyle called Lance over to him. The plays continued on the field. All right. Whatever conversation they had, Kyle, like, punches him in his, like, in his pads. Like, all right, all right. Now, it depends on how you look at that. Was Kyle pissed off? Was he whatever? But Lance goes back out there and he gets his shit together and he leads the, he leads the team down the field. Boom, success, right? 
Last time I remember Kyle being this hard on someone, it was Brandon Ayuk. He put Brandon Ayuk in the doghouse. Brandon Ayuk responded so well to it that now he's easily wide receiver one on this team. Easily. It, it's, it's not even like close as far as what a complete receiver is. It's Brandon Ayuk, right? I think if you look at a guy like Dante Pettis, right? In and out of Kyle's doghouse as well, or cat house, because, you know, whatever. But it's Kyle puts this kind of pressure on people that he has really high expectations for. It's only the people that he really gives a shit about that he holds their feet to the fire in every step of the process because he expects something of you guys. I think that you can be great. You have to learn to handle the pressure. It's going to come from me. It's going to come from the fans. It's going to come from the articles written about you and the beat reporters and all of that. It's going to come from the national media. And if you can't handle it, I need to see you fold so I know not to not waste my time. I think that's what's happening right now with Trey Lance. And I'm not saying that I think that, oh, all of a sudden he's going to flip a switch and then he's just going to put him in there and take Brock out. I'm saying that he is going to see how Trey Lance responds right now. I think this is a bit of a doghouse. Listen, I know that we traded up the draft you. I know that we gave you the keys last year, and you were the guy, undoubtedly. It wasn't even a competition last year between you and anybody. When Jimmy was signed back with the team, you were not worrying about Jimmy Garoppolo. You were the guy, right? And then he got hurt, and then that was it. He was gone, okay? So now it's, I'm not going to just put you back in there. Now you got to go and earn it. You earned it before, earn it again. And I expect better than you skipping, like Matt said, skipping the ball off the ground when you're throwing to a freaking running back who's two yards beyond the line of scrimmage like that, that you can't do that. Of course, I'm going to pull you. You can't, you can't get a snap from under center. Come here. Let me talk to you for a second. Hey, get out your head, get out here and play football. This is what you do. This is what you signed up for. Let's go do it. You were, you went from a linebacker to a quarterback. This is what the position calls for. Get your head out your ass and focus. And then he, he has to answer. That's what it is. He just has to answer. He's going to get another opportunity, whether it be with the Niners or with another team. Trey Lance is going to get another opportunity, but he has to be mentally tough enough to take whatever criticisms from whoever is throwing it at him. And I really, really think that's where we are right now today. It's the criticism. Now go out here and prove everybody wrong. Go out here and show show the world why we traded up to acquire you and why we abandoned Mac Jones, why we left him there and decided to take you instead. Now go out there and show him why. I, that's my conspiracy theory. I think this is doghouse treatment because he cares about this young man. He wants him to, he wants him to answer. I, I like, I mean, look, I'm not saying you're wrong. Cause obviously I don't know, but uh, I wouldn't put that in a doghouse though. That's my only, that's my only problem with what you said. I agree with everything you said. I just don't think that's him putting him in a doghouse. I think that's him having extremely high expectations of him and not, literally not accepting anything less, not allowing him to give anything less. Like I was a very bright kid, right? I did very good in school. I was in the advanced programs, yada, 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 gate when gate was still a thing. And, uh, you know, whenever I would slack off, it's like the teachers would come to you on the side and it's like, yo, I know you're not trying. Like, I, I expect more from you. Like I, ex- you're, you're slacking off. You could do a lot better. You could do this test in your sleep. And I know you got to see on it all of a sudden, like what's going on. And I kind of think that's the same from Kyle. It's like, we traded all, not only did we trade all this draft you, but we specifically chose you over a handful of other talented quarterbacks that we could have gone, but we went with you because I feel like I know what you can do. And it's almost like you're, 
dis- I don't want to say disrespecting, but it's like you're being disrespectful by not giving it your all. And maybe that's how Kyle feels. You're not giving it your all right now. So then get out because I don't want anything less than 110% from you. If you're going to give me less than that, then I'd rather have Sam Darnold in there. Cause I at least know he can be the floor of my offense. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That That's how I, I just wouldn't see it as a dog house, but I get what you're saying. It's like the expectations really high. And if you're not going to meet it, then I don't want you out here. I don't know. I, I disagree with you on that one, Zach. Go ahead. Mainly because I think I, I, I'm more in Mike's camp. I think that it is a doghouse situation, but I think the doghouse is a make or break. It's the best thing for you, right? Or it could be the worst thing for you. Like he brought up Dante Pettis. Look, he was in the doghouse. Why? Because Dante Pettis obviously had physical skills. It was mental. It was all mental, right? Brandon Ayuk, all the physical talent in the world. By all accounts, in his first you know year or two, and you know he wasn't doing the right things. He wasn't doing. The, he wasn't putting the mentals in. You know, we all heard the reports about Brandon Ayuk. If he's not getting the ball, we'll take plays off. He won't run to block out. He won't you know run his route or whatever because if the ball's not coming to him in a Kyle offense where it's one two boom go, right when it's those quick slants or whatever, you tip off by not doing that. You know, Trey Lance is the same way. Mike brings up the fact that when did Kyle pull him? Was it on plays that, you know, went one way or another that that's that's football? No, it was two plays that are imminently preventable that happen all the time. It's a fumbled snap and it's a false start. And those are mental mistakes. And so Kyle pulling him out of the game and hitting him in the chest is like, hey, man, I know you got the talent to do this, but you got to get your head out of your ass and go in there and play. And how Trey Lance responds much like Brandon Ayuk responded in a positive way and how Dante Pettis grew a mustache and got weird, (laughs) right? You know, Dante Pettis talked about it after he came back, you know, going into his third season before they released him, was like, oh, yeah, you know, I took it really hard. It was really hard on me, you know, And, and he took it personally. And it gets to a point where you can coach a guy to the limit that you can coach him and then you got to try something different. And so Kyle's taking him out and he's like, hey, man, like, look, I've we've gone over this. This shit should not be happening. So it's a little bit of both. I don't think that Trey is slacking. I think it's a lack of, you know, paying attention, you know. So I just think that it, it's it's more the doghouse is a good spot to be in. And I do agree with the fact that if Kyle is pulling him into the doghouse and being like, hey, man, let's go. That's that's a sign that he still gives a shit. That's a sign yeah. that he wants Trey Lance to succeed. Because if yeah. he didn't care, he wouldn't say shit. You got uh, Brandon Ayuk. You got, in my opinion now, Trey Lance. You got Dante Pettis. You got um, Akello Witherspoon. Right? Like, these are all guys that flashed really, really good skill sets. Get your head in the freaking game and go and shine. And if you're not going to answer this bell, you can't be on my team. It's that simple. It's that simple. Yeah. So let me ask you guys a question, right? What do you think is more important to Kyle Shanahan? And we have some questions in the chat we're going to have to get to pretty soon. Um, what do you think is more important to Kyle Shanahan? A guy that can go out there. Matt, I think you kind of alluded to this with Patrick Mahomes and, and your take on that. Um, but a guy that can go out there and really take his game. The way that I see this, the phrase that's throwing me off is, and still running with him in the season. That's the part that's throwing me off. We'll wait for further clarification. Because, because 
the only way that Lance is going to get better is with more reps, specifically with the ones, right? So on that day of rest, you can't split those reps evenly with him and Sam Darnold. So you go out here, you take advantage of the reps that we are going to give you while my starter, Purdy, isn't in here. So you got to go out there and, but, and let but him that, But that still wouldn't be the same, though. Why that not? That still because... wouldn't be the same. Because, because what is – what is? hold on. Where, where, put the comment back up. Is Brock rehabbing, taking days off, and still running with him in the season the same as letting Trey start and develop too? No, it, that's not the same thing. Brock yeah, is reha- Hold on. Brock is rehabbing and taking days off. They're still starting him in the season. Okay? Right. End of sentence. Second sentence. Trey Lance is starting and developing too. Is that the same thing? No, it's not. In, in practice. He's he no, 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 starting. No, no, no. He didn't. In nowhere in here does it say in practice. Well, Trey Lance isn't starting. So he's got to He was starting last that. year. In season. In okay, season. We have some further clarification. Basically having okay. Brock playing as quarterback one, but he's not 100%. Having days off is the same thing as Trey starting, developing, and knowing Trey looks way better this offseason. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> I'm, more, more, I'm more confused now than ever. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yep. I'm, that I'm did not clarify shit. Boo this and man! It's just, and it's just another man. example of Twitter spaces being a cesspool of the most stupid fucking ideas I've Boo. ever heard. No offense, Brandon. We love you. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got another question from Justin. Lance has the first half. Will Kyle go 100% bland with this plan, or will he let Lance cook to his strengths? I got a follow-up question to this as well, but I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts. Sure. I, I think it's going to be bland. They just practice against him. They usually – usually in the uh, the the joint practices, uh, we get a – well, I mean, in preseason, you typically get a vanilla game plan. But uh, after the after the uh, joint practices, they you, you don't see much of anything. Everything is handoffs up the middle, a couple of short passes. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of anything fancy or anything like that. So, and by the way, what exactly are Trey Lance's strengths right now? Anyway, we have no idea what that looks like. So I, I, I can't, I can't say that I expect to see play calling to Trey Lance's strengths. I don't, I don't know if we're going to see that. But here's the thing: we've seen in preseason before. I mean, we all remember that famous Papa call, right? Trey area because he <laughs> they did a play action pass where he threw to Trent Sherfield, who got behind the defense and, and went for a touchdown. That wasn't what we saw in year two when Trey Lance started week one and then into week two against the Seattle Seahawks when he broke his leg. So Kyle playing – I agree with Mike. We don't know what his, excuse me, what his strengths are. But also, I don't think they're going to run Trey Lance in the preseason. They'll probably play a pretty vanilla offense, a lot of handoffs, a lot of play-action pass which looks closer to Kyle Shanahan, ironically enough, looks closer to Kyle Shanahan's offense than what he was doing with Trey last year before Brock Purdy came in. So 805 is touching on something that I absolutely wanted to touch on, by the way. He says, what did you Um, think of Jordan Love? I see similarities and differences between Trey and Jordan. Both have amazing upside, athletic, and came from small schools and sat a couple of years, just saying. Yeah. Listen, I think that one of the things that people got to remember is that Jordan Love this year is going to be a very big canary in the coal mine 
for what Trey Lance could or could not be. And I know it's not exactly the same situation, but the fact of the matter is that in year after year one, into year two, even into year three, people were saying that Jordan Love was absolute dog shit in Green Bay. Wasn't accurate. Didn't look like he was ready. Was never going to be the guy. Oh, my God, they made a mistake. Why did they draft him? This and that. And now Green Bay looks pretty high on what Jordan Love can do. And it it kind of comes out to a similar situation. Now, I will say this. Whoever said Jordan Love came from a small school, he didn't come from a small school. So he come from UCLA, Nevada State, I believe. But it, it's it's that's not a small school. North Dakota State is a small school. <laughs> but I just, listen, I I just want to. I think it's because of the lack of experience, because of the fact that people were writing him off from the beginning, and the fact that he came from behind and was actually given time behind the scenes to develop. And now is ready to take over. I think that that bodes well for, uh, for Trey Lance going forward. If Jordan Love plays well, now if Jordan Love comes out and shits the bed, then I think that you know we, we can take that as like a little bit of a canary in the coal mine, a little bit. Terrible. Not one to one comparison, yeah. but for all the people writing off Trey Lance, it's like be careful. Like it's yeah. too early. We, again, we don't know. Yeah. Same thing with Brock Purdy. We don't know. I don't think seven games is enough of a sample size. We just don't know. So my follow-up yeah. question to that is, do you guys, there's, we're getting into conspiracies on this podcast. There's some guys out there like Rob Stats who think that. I really wish, by the way, I really play. wish he would twit. I really wish he would change his Twitter avatar. It makes him look so stupid. Yeah. Can't stand it. That's what I see every time I see him. Uh, can't stand it. I don't know why I shouldn't care, but it makes me irrationally <laughs> angry. Uh, so he's tweeting out that after hearing Trey Lance is going to play the majority of the first half, it's great to hear, but unfortunately, this is his tweet. Something, something along the lines of paraphrasing is, unfortunately, I think it's because they're trying to showcase him to bait other teams to trading for him. I can't imagine this happens. Maybe I'll eat my words in a couple of weeks, but do you guys think that that's likely or the case that the 49ers are going to let Trey Lance play a lot of the preseason in hopes that somebody wows them with an offer that they can go ahead and say, okay, please take them off our hands. Brock, we're hundred percent behind you. Do you guys think that that's a conspiracy that could happen or will happen? Could it happen? Absolutely. Uh, will it happen? I sure hope not. I just don't have enough faith in this team going into a season with just two quarterbacks. And I have even less faith in Allen as a quarterback. So I hope it doesn't happen, but we've heard this entire coaching staff say literally anybody can be traded. They go as far as saying if the, if they got the right offer for me, this is John Lynch and Kyle, if they got the right offer for me, I'm sure that they would move me without hesitating. So, you know, it's, and, and I, I really feel that they say that tongue in cheek, but I do believe that. I think that there's probably one or two guys who are untouchable on this entire roster and neither one of them are Trey Lance. So. You guys heard it here first. Mike does not believe in Josh Allen. He is not a fan of Josh Allen. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. Right. Matt, do you have any thoughts? I just want to know what this guy's talking about. Please quantify this comment. I don't know how I've been negative. I've been, like, fucking down the middle. Well, maybe maybe he's seen you walking before. Do you have a big ass? <laughs> maybe. Or do you have a small hey. ass? It's negative. It, it goes like, in. It's, oh, it's, oh yeah, yeah. No, I got a small ass for sure. It definitely, I yeah, have, it's negative space. 
Yeah, I have no ass at all. So I would have yep. a negative ass also. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. No, I don't think I'm a negative person, but I, I'd love to quantify that. It's like the other guy who was like, Mike, do your own show. I don't I don't agree with any of these two fools or whatever, and then didn't quantify that in any way, shape, or form. It's like, thanks for contributing, but if you want a show where people just blow you all day, that's not this one because I'm not going to agree with everybody, and I don't give a shit to agree with everybody. Um, but no, I don't. I don't – that's such a hard thing, right? Because if Trey Lance goes out there and the it, okay, let's say we believe the the conspiracy, right? And they want to showcase Trey Lance so that they can trade him. What if he goes out there and plays absolutely terribly? Then you just tank his value. It's just that's just it's so dumb. It's so or the dumb. flip side is he looks fucking phenomenal. But, now and then you ball. don't want to trade him at all. Right. right. So it just does, it, it's just the odds aren't in favor of a trade. I'm sorry. No, they, they, just no, not it's not. Besides the money, besides the, you know, the fact that, again, Trey Lance is still an unknown and you want to see what you got with him, you, you're not going to trade Trey Lance. And, Mike, I agree with you. You don't go into the, you know, into the season with two quarterbacks, and we definitely don't go in there with Brandon Allen. And I think that they're telling you, that it's not going to be Brandon Allen based off of the fact that he's been getting zero reps in practice. Like he nope. started the off season, right? Like when they first started yeah. training camp, he was getting like five, six and everybody's like, why are you giving Brandon Allen reps over like Trey Lance or whatever? And now he's getting none. And people are like, well, they're trying to, they're trying to get him out there so they can trade him. They want Trey Lance out there so they can trade him because they love this, this Allen guy so much. It's like Brandon Allen is not making this team guys. Sorry. The, the whole point of them being able to carry the the emergency the third emergency quarterback on game day there are places we carried like 11 defensive linemen last year you you're telling me we can't go to 10 and then carry three quarterbacks on the 53 like we definitely can do that Javon so I think that can all sit out. three of these was. quarterbacks what's that so Javon Kinlaw can sit out here already was sitting out so nothing's hey, gonna change that you know what though you know what though <laughs> word on the street is that Javon Kinlaw has been healthy and that he's been tearing shit up and I, I root for Javon again. Kinlaw. I hope. Well, hey, you cannot be fooled. I'm not gonna, you know, put my hopes on it. I wouldn't bet my life on it. But at the same time, I'm rooting for Javon Kinlaw to do something with his career because same, I was excited same. for him coming out. So I just think that you can carry those three quarterbacks. That you can carry Lance, Darnold, and Purdy, right? Because you don't. Again, when have we ever seen a situation where a team loses an NFC Championship game because they have to go back to their starter? who got injured and can't throw the ball because then their backup got injured after that was their third starter who got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a preposterously bad quarterback season for the 49ers last year in terms of injuries. They're not going to get bit by that. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. They're not going to get bit by that again. I think they carry all three into the season, to be honest. By the way, still, still, still waiting for, still waiting for Will to, uh, to, uh, you know, support that I'm negative ass thing. Although he did say, let's all get BBLs. I'm down. I'm <laughs> down right. for the diaper, but I'll get the inflatable donut ring to sit on. Last question I, th- here. There's somebody at work, by the way, that I work with that has that. And it's the most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever seen in person. Yeah. Last question on quarterbacks. Then we'll talk about some other things. Talk about the game. Um, <laughs> is there any way that what Lance Trey Lance does over the next three preseason games 
can catapult him above Brock Purdy. The report's coming out. Brock Purdy's throwing a lot of interceptions in practice. That's concerning. Trey Lance may not necessarily throw, you know, get the easy ones down, but he's not putting the ball in harm's way. If you believe the report's coming out of practice, I'm not physically there. Um, But do you think that what Trey Lance does over the next three preseason games has that significant meaning to where Kyle Shanahan could sit going into week one and say, like, look, he absolutely killed it in preseason. I do think that I can legitimately name him as a starter come week one. Or do you think that regardless of what he does, he's going to be the backup? The highest he can be going into week one is the backup to Brock Purdy. What do you guys think? You're playing with my emotions here. You really, really are. I like the 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 Trey Lance guy in me. Like I, I told you guys, I'm I'm Team Lance. Like I want to see Lance with our starters. I think we deserve to see what that looks like, right? So that portion of me sincerely feels like, yeah, there's a shot. He has to just go out there and like go crazy. Um, Brock will play in the in the in the third preseason game and not look as good as Lance. And so Kyle would be like, you know what? Never mind. We can go with Trey. But I think if everything were to go based off of what I've heard this offseason, based off of what we've read and seen this offseason, and and when I say heard, I mean from Kyle only, not from articles. And then the articles and the videos and all that that you've seen. I think that if Lance does go out there and light it up. And Purdy's still struggling. I think Purdy still gets to start, but he's got a very, very short leash. I think that is the best case scenario for Trey Lance. Purdy still gets to start, but he's got a short leash because Lance just looks so convincingly good during these preseason games. That's it. And we, I think we're doing another joint practice with another team, right? Broncos, oh, it's just maybe? one. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I, I thought it was two. I, I thought I, we I'm touched wrong. on this two shows ago that it was just the Raiders. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we did. We yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. So, I mean, if if he goes out there and really, really lights it up in preseason, I I still think best case scenario is like he is the backup. But you know, Purdy, you got to show me why we went with you over him. Okay, I'm kind of in on that train. I think that if Lance balls out in all three preseason games. And Purdy in what I think is the inevitable one that he's going to get in. He's going to get in one. And Purdy looks just like shit. Um, by some accounts, it looks like a lot of what Purdy's having in terms of the problem is zip on the ball. It's not decision-making. It's that he's not hitting tight window throws. Um, if he's not making it back from this elbow thing and the team is kind of clear that he's not making some of the throws he made last year, which comes with more tape, not just at practice against your own guys, because that – kind of stuff happens all the time but if he's going into the third preseason game and whatever his two series are he doesn't look good and then in game one he doesn't look good i i agree with mike that if lance is balling out in the preseason that leash for short for purdy gets a lot shorter and it's going to be a lot quicker for them to to make them the move because if you're presented with a guy who's not taking care of the ball and can't get the ball where you want to and a guy who does have some accuracy issues but has been trying to take care of the ball more this season and has all the physical gifts and physical advantages that Trey Lance has over Brock Purdy. It's really, really hard. Um, And I think he's, again, threading the needle. It's the same reason why Jimmy G was so hard to replace, right? Because when you take a team through the regular season and then you take them into the playoffs and you win multiple playoff games with that quarterback, that engenders a certain amount of respect and cachet within the locker room that's going to be hard to overcome without actual 
real world gameplay to kind of overcome that. You got to wait for Brock Purdy to fumble the ball before Trey Lance is going to be able to snatch it up. Where Trey can close the gap is playing in these preseason games and doing exactly what he's been doing by all accounts, which is steadily improving. It makes that transition easier to go to once Kyle decides to do that. But it's going to be hard. I don't think there's a way, unless Purdy is injured, that Lance is going to be able to catch him by week one. But again, there is ways that he can close that gap to where Purdy is not going to get six games to fuck it up. He'll get like two. I, I think also, I hate to say it, but his, historically Kyle Shanahan has had slow starts with his teams, even the really good ones, even last year, even the year before that. Um, you know, they start a couple games under 500 and then they level out and go on this streak. That's what we've seen the last couple of years. So if the 49ers are sitting at, you know, two and four come week six and maybe the quarterback plays not phenomenal, is Kyle Shanahan going to be forced to make that change? You know, I, I agree with Matt saying maybe Purdy's going to have a much shorter leash knowing the, per- Trey's on the side. There's only one thing that I'll push back on you on that. The 2019 team started eight. No. That's the one season they didn't start slow. Right. And they've either missed the playoffs or like the two that they did make the NFC championship game. They did start a little slow. Yeah. But he does have an eight. No, I'm shit. I think they started like 11 and two or 12 and two or something like 11 and two or whatever to that season. So he does. It just depends. I think that again, health plays a huge factor. And I think that's a big role in all of this. I think it was three, it was three and five the one year. And then it was three and four last year. And then we know we flip we flip the switch. Absolutely unacceptable. From the from the talent this team has, there's no way you're telling me they should lose eight five out of eight games and four out of seven games. That's all I'm saying. The talent this team has, what the hell are you doing, Kyle? What is Again, it about the first half of the year that you suck? It's it's health though, right? It's always health with this team. That's the one thing, yeah. is that um, you know Debo's not healthy or. You know, for for last season, George Kittle misses the first three games of the season. You know what I mean? So, Trey Lance Which, breaks his way, leg in the in second game. In that direction again, by the way, he's hurt. Yeah. Uh, right, he's got a he's got a lat injury. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, um, excuse me, ab, adductor ab, injury. Injury. Yeah. Sorry, uh, I was thinking of somebody else, but uh, yeah, adductor injury, which is essentially a groin pull. Yeah. I mean, it's it is what it is, man. You know, you got people in the defense that are injured, so. We, we need that. Again, NFL, half of it is luck, man. Who Who's injured, who's not. Um, you know, the, the Bengals are catching a break. It looked like Joe Burrow was going to like be out multiple weeks of the regular season, but they showed him like jogging today. You know, so he'll probably and be I back wonder, in the opener. He was throwing 50-yard passes on the sideline. Right. So. right, with That's no calf good. sleeve on or anything like that. It seems to me because uh, somebody pointed it out, too, that they'd never seen – I think it was pro football doc. He's like, I've never seen Joe Burrow wear that calf sleeve before. The one where he like actually, you know, strained the calf on the play. He was wearing that sleeve. That might've been something that he had tweaked in the off season and then just made worse. So now with the rest and proper rehab or whatever, he can make it back. But it's all about luck because when, when I first saw it and I'm sure like a lot of you guys first saw it, we were like, Oh shit. He tore his Achilles. He's out for the season. The Bengals are sunk. And that's all it takes to have a really shitty season. It's for your top guy to go down or whatever. So a lot of it's going to be luck on the 49ers. And, you know, let's get a lot of these, you know, knickknack injuries out of the way right off the bat, right? Elijah Mitchell already hurt again. I think he was the guy with the lat. I don't know. He had something going on. 
but it's just these little ticky tack injuries with all these guys that kind of add up. So if we can stay healthy, that's that's where the fast start will come in. It's when you got key guys that miss multiple weeks that you're in trouble. Yeah. Um. So by the way, how much of Joe Burrow's absence is contract related? I don't know. Just my mind goes there. He saw Justin Herbert get that contract. Rumor was he was waiting for that to get his. He's gonna yet. Nah, bro. He didn't pull up lame to get a contract. No, no, no. He knows well, I'm not saying paid. he pulled up lame because of that, but how much is he exaggerating? Because maybe he's nah, saying, hey, no. if I had the contract, I could have been back in four weeks. Damn, dude. Contract, hey, Zach, I can't see weeks. it, but that tinfoil hat is really fucking big today, bro. I'm not the only one who thinks it. Yeah, but okay. But you should be the last person to believe that as a Warriors fan after watching Kevin Durant have a calf strain and then pop his fucking Achilles the second game that he was back. He rushed back, the, the first game. Excuse me, the first game. Yeah, how many weeks back. was he out, Zach? How many I weeks? Don't remember. Was he out that was years that? ago. That was he was out ago. like two and a half months. Well, let's let's keep that under wraps. I plead the fifth. Gonna get paid. I plead the fifth. Uh-huh. I plead the fifth. I drink right. my drink and I smile. All right. All right. Uh, All right, Grant. <laughs> All I'm saying is the rumor was Herbert and Burrow were waiting to see who's gonna get the contract first to base their contract off of the next. So it just All happened right, well, that Burrow got hurt right after that happened. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I um, mean, they're both obviously he's Burrow's going to get paid. It's shit. If they don't pay Burrow, I would, I would get rid of just about everybody on this team for Burrow. It's such a silly thing to do to wait for the other guy to get paid because you can actually have your team put escalators in. If another player comes out and does better than me, as far as pay goes, I get bumped another hundred thousand to beat them. Like yep. they, they, they'll that's exist. A, that's called favored nations that exists in contracts. Yeah. Okay, so also the next quarterback that signs is going to make more than you anyway. So who gives a shit? It's only for literally that small period of time. You're the highest paid at your position. I don't get why it matters so much. Um, all right, the last thing, or not the last thing. Let's preview this game. What are you guys looking forward to? And then let's get into some chat pack questions. Uh. What are you guys actually looking forward to seeing Sunday versus the Raiders? If you had like one or two things that are at the top of your list, I yeah. am looking to keep an eye on this specific thing. That thing is blank. Mike, since you got the big screen, you can go first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am really, really excited to watch our right tackle position, um, specifically because I know Trent Williams is not going to play. Uh, so the line is already going to be shuffled up. So I am going to be watching the right tackle because I believe the person that is playing right tackle is actually going to be the backup right tackle. I think the person playing left tackle is going to be the actual right tackle for the season. So I want to see how how they perform. I'll be watching both of them and, and kind of basing it off of, you know, basing my judgments off of that. Um, I think that, you know, <laughs> I would say losing Mike McGlinchey is a big deal, but he's also hurt for a couple of weeks as well. Uh, heal up big fella and uh, condolences to you and your family, by the way. But um, I I think that it's going to be bigger shoes to fill than what Niner fans initially thought. So I want to see what these tackles do in this game, uh, specifically with the first ones that are up. Okay. I like that. Matt, what do you keep an eye on Sunday? I want to see growth from the year two guys. I want to see growth from the Ty Davis price. I want to see the growth from the Danny Gray. I want to see the growth from those type of guys. Um, for a rookie, I want to see what Jair Brown is going to bring to the table and whether or not, you know, Tashawn Gibson can be somebody that will be moved after this year for, for a more of a youth movement. Right. 
Um, I want to see how those second year guys really fit in because we all know that essentially in this Kyle Shanahan offense, most people and defense for that matter, most people get a red shirt. I know that Drake Jackson is uh, kind of nursing an injury, so he might not play as much, but rookie years for a lot of these guys end up being, I mean, I can't think of the last time a rookie got super meaningful run besides maybe Debo Samuel at that point. But, you know, in many situations, a lot of these rookies, for whatever reason, they don't know how to be pros. The, it, Kyle Shanahan's scheme is hard. They just don't get a lot of runs. So Danny Gray, Ty Davis-Price, some of these guys, how they grow from year one to year two, particularly Ty Davis-Price with all of the injuries to Elijah Mitchell, that makes it very, very important to kind of see where we go from here. So so those are really what I'm looking at for sure. A, a year two guy that I'm going to be watching, just to piggyback on what Matt just said, is Jason Pope our center slash guard guy. Um, I, I liked him coming out. Um, and when we, when we got him, I was really excited. Him and Donovan West were the two uh, centers. Same. And then Donovan West just disappeared. <laughs> well, not only did he disappear, he went to that other league and I watched him and he couldn't even get starts in that league. So I was like, wow, maybe we dodged a bullet by not drafting him. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I had a lot of hope. Donovan West was actually my favorite, but I, I did like Poe also. So I, I want to see him as well. Another second year guy to, to keep an eye out for. That's okay. center. I like that. Um, look, obviously, we didn't get a chance to talk about it, but Ray Ray broke his wrist. He's going to be out roughly, what, eight weeks. Um, who's going to step up in the returner spot? And also, Danny Gray. Um, keeping an eye on Danny Gray, there's rumors coming out, reports coming out, that he basically feels like he wants to break the notion that he's either big play or nothing type receiver, and he wants to prove that he can run a full route tree I would love to see Danny Gray develop and come up and be able to not just have the deep bomb go when Trey Lance is in there, because otherwise for some reason, nobody could throw the ball to him. So I'm going to be keeping a close eye on Danny Gray. I'm going to be keeping a close eye on who's returning punts, who's returning kicks. Unfortunately, now that Ray Ray is going to be gone for two months. Um, let's see, Matt, is there anything else you're keeping an eye on? No, I, I agree with you. Danny Gray is an important one. That was part of my year two guy. Um, and I do think that with the injury to Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod, Danny Gray could actually slot in to fill those duties. So that'll be interesting. Um, I do think I want to see what the defensive line is going to look like as well with new pieces, with uh, rookies, with, uh, excuse me, people like, you know, with the absence of Drake Jackson, we're going to be able to see what the depth look, looks like. I'm also interested to see what some of the other less touted rookies do. People, um, you know, like, you know, the battle between Cameron Latu and uh, Braden Willis. You know, what's that look like? What's uh, the, the dang, the converted linebacker from TCU? Watson? Um, yeah. Leroy Watson. You know. Yep. A lot of these, a lot of these rookies that we, we drafted later, we're going to see a lot of them. You know what I mean? Just because these were later round guys, a lot of our starters aren't going to play. We're going to see who makes the team. There's there's usually a surprise. There's usually a guy where you're just like, oh, shit, that guy looks good. And the, the 49ers, one thing they do spectacularly well is take people that don't traditionally play linebacker and make them fantastic linebackers. So that's going to be something to watch. Fred Warner, I believe, didn't he play safety in college for a while before he converted to linebacker? think so yeah so i mean there's again 
there's these guys, and and we've lost Aziz Alshire. We still have Dimitri Flanagan Falls. We still have Dre Greenlaw, but you need that depth linebacker, right? So which one of those guys is going to step up? Um, again, we still need tight end too. Cameron Lotzi was drafted higher, but Braden Willis, by all accounts, looks better. So how's that going to play out? You know, wait. Be I want to. I want to put some context to that. Latu runs the better routes. Latu is a, a more physical blocker, but his issue is dropping passes. Drop so there's, two. There's a, yeah, there's, there's a really, really. Well, I also I, heard that he's. I also heard that he's slower than molasses going uphill on a hot day too. So really, there's that. Yeah, I've heard oh. Cameron Latu is slow. And another position to keep an eye on. I I was watching some preseason games from last year. And I got to figure out why Samuel Womack did not get that nickel position. So the between him and Oliver, that battle is going to be a lot of fun to watch throughout preseason. I don't know. I haven't even we'll seen see Oliver. That's him. that's a great call right there. Right. Like, they, they brought him in. He He's the one guy that Wilkes was able to bring in from Carolina, and I have heard nothing about him. And so if there's been a hit, with the reporting from camp this year, it's the oversaturation of quarterback talk and not some of these other positions that we were looking to get filled, you know? So that, that nickel position is going to be a huge one, a huge one for the 49ers. I was watching uh, Womack and he was always in the right place. He made plays in preseason. Had a couple of interceptions. Yeah. And then he actually, I believe, I believe I could be wrong. I think he got, he got the start at nickel for like the first two games and then he was just gone. Like, he was just nowhere to be seen for the rest of the year. I want to see if he learned. So uh, another second-year player that Matt was talking about, I'm going to be watching that competition a lot, not just this game, but throughout preseason. Yeah. Is he wearing number zero now, Well, Mac? I just Googled sure. him. He chose a zero on Yahoo. I don't know if that's correct. I mean, this is the first year that they can wear a zero. Mm-hmm. I know that that was one of the resolutions. I think the Eagles put that forward. But they can wear zero now. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Mike, on that. The other one, it's like now we know for a fact and not just due to an injury that Diamador Lenore is going to be the starting cornerback on opposite of Charverius Ward, who, by the way, also, per reports, laid the wood to Devontae Adams in that joint practice today. So good for you doing that. Um, but, yeah, that's going to be interesting. The corner position is one that's that super that? interesting. What's that? That was Lenore that did that? No, Ward, Ward. I was saying oh, he's starting oh, opposite oh. of Ward, and then I said that he laid the wood to, to Devontae Adams today. But no, Diamond Lenore, that's going to be an interesting one. The cornerback position is going to look a lot different for the 49ers. Again, like like Mike said, Womack, by all accounts, you know, looked good in camp last year, got the first two starts, and then kind of disappeared. And now we go out and sign a guy that projects to be a really good corner, Isaiah Oliver, who's had injury issues with the Atlanta Falcons who's coming over here to try to resurrect his career like somebody else that we had as a stalwart at the nickel corner for many years. Um, K1 uh, Williams. Yep. K1 Williams from the, when he had the ankle injuries with the Cleveland Browns was kind of just a castaway. So that's, it, it's a very mirrored situation. We have, you know, maybe just the, the, um, Hufanga position at the safety kind of shorn up because, you know, Jimmy Ward gone, Obviously, you know, our, our stalwarts are gone. Um, no more Emmanuel Mosley. Guys that have been here for a long time. This was a really big turnover year for the defense. Um, and we get to see what they look like under a new defensive coordinator yet again with Steve Wilkes. What is this team going to look like? Those are the things that are interesting. And I do agree with you, Mike. 
Um, and it's something that's kind of, again, has frustrated me about so much conversation about the quarterbacks, besides the tribalism, besides everything else. It's like what I pointed out. We don't hear shit about the Nick Bosa extension. We don't hear shit about all these position battles. We don't hear shit about these rookies. We don't hear shit about the fact that apparently Jake Moody has like a fucking mega leg. That dude, they were saying he's kicking 60 yard field goals in practice. That would be good from 66. Like uh, apparently he has a rocket leg, which is like, I mean, I knew that because I'm a Michigan fan and I watched Jake Moody play in college. But the fact that it looks like it's translating to the NFL is something that's heartening coming off of Robbie Gould. We don't hear none of that because we're so stuck on the quarterbacks and everybody's so at each other's throats about it. It pisses me off and it's just now that we get to the actual games and we're not relying on other people to tell us what they see at training camp. Now we get to watch with our own eyes. Now we get to go. If you have NFL plus, which I do, um, you get to watch the replays from with all 22 coaches film. You get to watch condensed or full replays, whatever you want. And I'm not trying to shill. I'm just saying that it becomes easier to do evaluations when you can watch the coaches film and see and break down what each individual position is doing. And I'm glad we get to do that rather than just give, get, you know, kind of try to go through what's given to us on Twitter or X, I guess, as it's now called. I feel like welcome back, Melissa. Should have been back, Melissa. Yes, yes. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I feel like that should have been played a little earlier in the show, so I'm playing it as an accumulation of all of. Matt's rants from tonight's show. We got one for Mike that I probably should have gone out earlier, but it was taking forever to download. Finally uploaded. We're going, yeah, Roberto says that was a mild rant. Take it in consideration as all of the rants combined for tonight's show. We have a mic drop graphic as well. We have a Zach attack, but I, I don't get that angry. What's up, Mike? Did you say a position that you were looking forward to? I, I did. So I spoke about Danny Gray and he I did. spoke about the punt returner, kick returner. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Ronnie Bell's in that in that in that yes, loop. Yes, too, so who's been making really some exciting. fantastic catches by all reports? If he could actually get something going, I'm An- really excited. Another Michigan guy that I know about that was hampered by injury. Yeah, but that's actually pretty good. I want to point out one more. Do not be surprised if the 49ers lead all teams in preseason in rushing yards. From what I'm hearing about these backups, they all look really, really good. They all look good. Ty Davis Price, is, it seems that, that he has reinvented himself. Jordan Mason, they're talking like he looks like he deserves to be the number two back behind Christian McCaffrey. I mean, this is he's he's added a component of being a pass catcher now and all, so this is going to be a really, really fun preseason to watch. Listen, hey, you know what? Listen, I'm not opposed. If these running backs look really good, I'm not opposed to, as unfortunate as it would be, maybe trying to either get something or just moving on from Elijah Mitchell because Elijah Mitchell has been hurt every season that he's been in the NFL and he's hurt again. Last year, he tore both of his meniscuses. Like at some point or another, you you've got the Jason Verrett syndrome. You could have all the talent in the world, but if you can't stay on the field, we talk about it, Zach, what's the best ability availability. Exactly. And if you got two beasts and you got Ty Davis price and you got Jordan Mason, bringing it up then elijah mitchell becomes redundant you know and by the way i think that at least running the ball elijah mitchell and christian mccaffrey are very similar where christian mccaffrey separates himself is 
with the passing game. I don't think Elijah Mitchell is a pass catcher, but they're both like one cut guys. Christian McCaffrey and neither Christian McCaffrey nor Elijah Mitchell have huge breakaway speed. I've seen Christian McCaffrey get caught. He got caught last year. You know what I mean? So it, and then you get Jordan Mason and Ty Davis price who are more power guys and you kind of mix that in. But I think that if, you know, Elijah Mitchell can't stay healthy, then he's becomes expendable. I think Elijah Mitchell is a better runner with the ball than Christian McCaffrey is, believe it or not. And I know that sounds like Mike, you're crazy. Like I just meant I meant style, not necessarily ability. I think they're stylistically, they're very similar. But I, I feel you on that. As a pure runner, I could see that there's an argument to be made for that because, you know, again, Elijah Mitchell with his yards per carry was re- like really good. But go ahead, Mike. Go, uh, like I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry about that. Oh, no, 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 no. That, that's it. That's it. I'm good. Okay. Um, other than the offensive line, is there anything you guys are keeping a close eye on? I know we discussed a good amount going on an hour and a half. Anything else you guys want to talk about for Sunday or do you want to get into chat back time? I want to see Kyle challenge something. I, he doesn't do it a lot during the regular season. Hey. And the two preseason games that I watched, he challenged plays in both of those games. So I was like, oh, I forgot that Kyle even has that red flag. So I would like to see him challenge some stuff, do it with a little bit more confidence. And and even if he knows he's going to fail it, I want to see strategic ones where like you're throwing it out there to give your guys an added rest instead of calling just a normal timeout. It's gonna They're going to dock you the timeout when you lose it anyway, but it just takes so much longer for them to review it than those 30 seconds. Be strategic with the way you use those challenge flags. I know it sounds like, Mike, that's stupid, but it, it can be really, really important in the big game. Okay, I agree with that. Uh, Zach, before we go to chat, um, we should do our – it's harder to do in preseason, I know, but we should do our offensive, defensive MVPs and our uh, score predictions. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, let's do it. I'll start with mine. Offensive MVP prediction. I'm going to go Trey Lance. I'm going to go Trey Lance. I think he's going to have a surprising game. By all reports, he's looking like a completely different player. He looks like he's more comfortable. His processing speed looks like it's much faster than Sam Darnold and much faster than his previous uh, season. I'm going to go with Trey Lance. I can't even imagine what his stats are going to look like because I don't know how long he's going to play, but I think he's going to have at least one score. Uh and I think he's going to look much better than we saw out of him last year. In the monsoon in Chicago, just throwing that out there. Uh, who next? Who wants to go? Mike, you want to go with your offensive MVP prediction? Yeah, I'm going to go with Jordan Mason. I was going to say TDP, but I think he's a little bit ahead of Mason. So usually uh, last year, you know, Mason was the closer. And I really enjoyed watching that. I can I can absolutely see that happening again. And he showed some wherewithal uh, where, you know, he could have put the game out by scoring again, but he went down early. Like, he, he looks like he has some of that it factor in him. So I'm going to go with Jordan Mason instead of TDP, the closer, to finish it all up. All right. I'm going to go with uh, my main Michigan man. I think that Jake Moody is going to be four for four on field goals and get a uh, – one or two extra points he's gonna make us go robbie who and really remind because listen let's let's face it um it's not really much of a competition at this point um i haven't heard shit about zane gonzalez all i've heard is jake moody and how he's been killing the game so i expect more of the same i expect jake moody to really like you know take that up and let's see what he does in game action but i i think that he really kind of solidifies his position as the 49ers kicker going forward into the future I heard that both of the kickers were actually really accurate, but Moody is booming them. So that's that's the biggest difference right there. Uh, if they're both kicking 80, 90 percent, well, who's going to give you more distance? And so that's that's going to be it. Uh, do you think they switch them 
throughout the game? Do you think that they, they alternate or do they give one guy one whole game and then the next guy the other whole game? I think they might give halves. I could see them doing halves. But then again, you know, it, it, they could they could switch. I just think it's really hard to get somebody into a rhythm if you're, you know, taking them in or out. You know, I think it's like, hey, you're going to play the first half. Hey, you're going to play the second half. I think that part of it doesn't really matter to a kicker, right? I'm playing first or second quarter. But if you start alternating kicks, I think that really does kind of mess with the rhythm a little bit, um, particularly if you're looking at like kickoffs and stuff too, because that's going to be the other thing, right? Who's more likely to get you touchbacks? I think it's going to be Jake Moody. But I'm just going with Jake Moody. I, you know, uh, my other pick was going to be Ronnie Bell, who I think you know is going to have a nice game for preseason game one. I think it, you know in garbage time he can get some catches. But I'm just going to stick with my Michigan guys for game one for sure. Okay, I like that. By the way, Eric Wallace, I'm I'm pissed. You guys got uh, Jackson Smith, JSN. I, I I really liked him coming out of college and that whole wide receiver trio you guys have he's a seahawks fan he said earlier i mean it's not fair it's not fair they still they still got geno smith throwing them the ball though i don't believe in geno smith sorry guys geno smith is good until he plays the niners geno smith is good was okay until the second half of the season go look at the numbers he was terrible in the second half and the second half of that playoff game i rewatched that playoff game the other night it was like what i think the seahawks had the lead i think it was 14 13 going into halftime and the four it was on the easy call though but yeah you're right yeah, and then uh, the strip sack, fumble, recovery as the Seahawks were driving, that just turned the game absolutely around. I think the Niners scored like two or three times unanswered. Uh, not to rehash everything, sorry, to bring up a bad memory for you, Eric. I <laughs> appreciate you tuning in. But all right, uh, defensive MVP. Uh, yeah, I feel like Roberto said it, Jair Brown. The guy, he's been talking, uh, excuse me, he's been spoken about like he's been really impressive. He's going to have the opportunity to show out and to earn that starting gig, I don't know if he'll earn it right away, but I think we're going to see some things out of the kid, out of the rookie, that we're really going to like, and uh, I'm expecting big things from from Brown. Mike, who do you got for defensive MVP? All right. Um, <laughs> I just want to say I, can, I, I think he's going to be a big liability out there. I have not heard good things about him in coverage. Okay. I've heard terrible things about his speed. And you guys know I'm a Jersey guy true and through. You guys know I pump up my Jersey guys, my Pennsylvania guys, but uh, I, I hope I'm wrong and I hope you're right. I really do. Um, but I'm going to go with, um, I'm, I'm going to go with Javon Kinlaw. I'm going to go with Javon Kinlaw. I think he's going to get a lot of reps. I think the team wants to see what he can do. This is his first off season where he can actually take part in the drills. I think that's being um, missed in all of the, Oh, he's always injured. He's always injured, right? Even throughout other training camps and all, he couldn't pa- he couldn't practice. He was on the sidelines to be ready for week one. But this year, they actually got to coach him up. They get they actually got to uh, teach him about leverage and all. You know, have him running underneath those little nets so that way he's he's playing lower and all that stuff. And I think those are the small things that are going to benefit him really, really well. I'm going to go with Javon Kinlaw. Okay, Matt, who do you got? Um, I'm going to say Demetrius Slanigan Falls. I think that he's going to play a lot. He's the third uh, linebacker on the depth chart, but he's going to show why, um, you know, parting with Aziz Alshire isn't going to be as painful as we all thought. You know, a lot of people don't give him credit for what he's done over the last couple of years, but he's been solid. When he's asked to come in and play, he's been very solid. Um, I think that that continues on this year. Solid special teams guy when he's asked to do that as well. I, I think that he's going to take a, you know, a step up. He's a guy that seems to rise to the occasion. 
when the situation presents itself, he doesn't look like the moment's too big for him. And I think that continues. And I, I'd really like to see with Fred Warner, obviously not going to be playing that much. Dre Greenlaw not going to be playing that much. Can Demetrius Flanagan fouls kind of set the the leadership role for that defense? Because he's going to be one of the highest tenured 49ers to be out there with significant playing time. A lot of rookies on the defensive side of the ball. He's going to kind of be the quarterback of that defense going forward with, you know, Eric Armstead probably not going to be playing that much. You know, uh, Drake Jackson obviously out. Nick Bosa obviously not with the team. Um, Javon Hargrave probably not going to play that much. So you get into it. Who is the guy? Who are you looking to for leadership? Talano Hufanga, again, as Mike pointed out a couple of weeks ago, Fred Warner, it was the nicest rejection of somebody's leadership skills I've ever seen. <laughs> but fact of the matter is, I don't think that Fred Warner would say the same thing about uh, Demetrius Flanagan fouls. And I think that going forward, you look for that in this game for him to be a, you know be able to step up in times of need. And this this is his year to solidify himself. You know, everybody talks about the 49ers teams of old, right? Uh, Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman, who was always overlooked. Ahmad Brooks, who was such a solid third linebacker. And I think that DFF can be that for sure for this team. Damn. All right. By the way, I see uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson is showing out again tonight in his second preseason game. 49ers had a ton of visits with this kid. He would have just come in and had a bunch of trouble in his career because going into a crowded quarterback room as it is. But I, I'm rooting for the kid. I hope he uh, plays well. I think I think if Purdy hadn't have done what he did last year, the, Dorian Thomas Robinson, the quarterback from UCLA. Yeah, where'd he go? What's he Cleveland. Cleveland to the Browns. I think that if um, – and, and that's a fit for them with uh, Massage Watson there. That's kind of a fit. But um, I think that if, if Brock Purdy hadn't have done what he did last year – and they knew they were going to go back to Trey Lynn. DTR would have been like a great backup pick for him because they're similar style players. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I saw he's trending right now. Uh, but again, in one quarter, nine for 10, 102 passing yards and a, and a touchdown. So shout out to him, UCLA product. All right. Uh, do you want to do final score prediction or? or? Yeah, let's. I mean, let just for funsies, let's do just it. By the way, shout out to Eric Wallace, who is like the most even tempered. Seahawks fan that that we know like he comes in here all the time and he's he's cool so yeah. um let's you know I've seen him on nothing but Niners chats and stuff like that and every time I've seen him in here he's been super cool so I appreciate that all right final score predictions I'll go first uh I think the 49ers are going to win this one apparently these joint practices have been quite chippy and the players have been very mouthy with each other um I think they're going to win this one I don't know, 27 to 13. And I think uh, maybe it'll be close when they have somewhat starter level players in. And then once it gets to backups, I just think the 49ers backups are, are, are better than the, the Raiders backups. And they'll probably get out of hand there. Mike, what do you got? I think the defense lets us down. Um, I think the backups of the defense let us down. I don't think it's going to be scoring on an offense. I think we're going to start really, really hot. Um, I'm going to say final score, something like uh, 22 to 27. Okay. Close. 22 All right. For the Raiders, for the Raiders, obviously. Okay. Um, I also think that, um, you know, it's going to be an uglier game than we think. I think that uh, it's going to be like, man, like 18 to 16. 
Um, and I think the 49ers pull it out. I think they get, you know, one touchdown. Maybe maybe Gonzalez comes in and misses an extra point, and they go from there. But it's, it is going to be an ugly game. It's so funny how you're just like, okay. And we've seen it time and time and again in the preseason where a team, you know, the starters go, and it's like, it's like 14 to seven, right? For, uh, you know, whoever our team is winning great. And then at the end of the game, you look like 26 to 23. What the fuck happened? We lost. And it's just like, it's after that, after the first, however much it's a scrub bowl. And it's just like, which whoever's, whoever's shitty roster guys are better than the other team's shitty roster guys. It's how that's going to shake out. It's just fun to do. Um, I still think that if somebody guesses the correct score, which we do every year guys. So put them in the chat. We'll pick a we'll pick somebody to win some type of merch. We've only had right. one person ever win merch, by the way. All right. Let's get into this chat pack time. I'm going to pick one out of pod decks tonight. And it's going to be random. I close my eyes. Okay. Okay, well, this is kind of kind of negative, but uh what is the trait you most deplore in yourself? I can go first if you guys want, if you want to think about some. All right. Uh, most deplored myself. Well, I have a very addictive personality. I've spoken about it here before. I am a uh, recovering opiate addict. So I would probably say if I like something, I'm going to do it until it kills me. <laughs> you know, so my addictive personality is probably what I deplore the most. If there was a way I could just like something at a very reasonable rate and uh, turn it off when I don't need it and turn it back on when I want it, that would be nice. But I, I have absolutely no ability to do so. And I will go out all, all out on something if I like it. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll, I'll go next. Um, I... I am very vindictive and vengeful, right? So I, I'm, I've gotten better. I still hold on to grudges, but I don't act on them anymore. So I'm getting better. But if you ever, ever did me wrong, like you are dead to me. And it's it's not a, a close like, oh, okay, I can be cordial. Like I used to be really, really bad. Now I can be in the same room with someone who, you know, was talking shit about me or whatever and, and let it go. I, I, I am growing in that scenario, but I still like, I don't forget. I wish I had the ability, like once I moved on, I want to like forget about it, but I can't, I, I want to like completely like it not even pop up in my mind anymore, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't want to, like if I say I'm over it, I'm over it. I, I'll give you guys a very specific example. A couple of years ago, I think you guys were all part of uh, nothing but Niners at the time. Still, uh, I got into it with uh, his Mr. Roscoe's now on on Twitter. That kid Chris, and he said something about my kids and and me being an Uncle Tom and all that. And I was literally looking for this kid. I was looking for him. Now, since that's happened, we've been in the same room. We've hung out. No problems. I'm back to following them and all that stuff. But the fact that I still remember it and I still get those same emotions when I think about it, that part is what bothers me. So I can, I can accept it and I can move on, but I hate that I still get bothered by it and question whether or not I should have continued with the way I wanted to act uh, before. So, yeah. Damn. That's a, yeah, it's a good one. All right. Um, I, my biggest thing is, you know, I've, 
I've had to overcome. Okay, so I, you know, I dealt with a lot of abandonment issues when I was a kid. Whatever, whatever, all hard life, whatever. Who get, who gives a shit, right? One of the things that I developed early and then overcame, probably to a, a extreme degree, was like when I was a kid, I wanted people to like me, so I would tell like stories or whatever to get them to like me. And then once I figured out that that didn't work, I went the extreme opposite, to where now I just tell the truth all the time. And if I find myself annoyed by something, not only will I be brutally honest, I'll do it in a very kind of almost cruel and tactless way. (laughs) I will say something so blunt and so like outside of what social norms are that it catches people off guard that I can be like that kind of mean. I, I can be mean sometimes and I don't try to be that way very often, but again with anger issues and stuff like that it kind of comes out that way there'll be times where i say something that i know one i mean i know it's true but in that moment i know that that thing is just going to like turn the screws to whoever i'm like having a disagreement or i'm pissed off with Uh, that's that's kind of an ugly personality trait that i have for sure (laughs) that's funny i mean i get it though i totally get it um all right guys i think that's gonna do it for this first preview show of the year uh, got a little deep at the end. Usually these these questions are, are positive or, or thought-provoking. This one got a little deep and a little, a little negative, making us pick our worst quality about ourselves. But hey, everybody's got to do it every now and then, right? And it- But I appreciate the honesty, the fact that everybody could like say something about themselves. Most people would be like, I try too hard and I care too much. Like I'm a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist. God, that's the worst one. I'm a perfectionist. No, you're not, dude. The fact that you said you're a perfectionist means that you're not. Yep. Uh, just so you guys know, there are some super chats we didn't get to. I don't think we did. If I, if we did, uh, I, I think we did. Uh, I mean, I we did. We didn't get to. Did one, I'll, I'll read I this one. So. I I, I okay. addressed it on the stream, but uh, Great Fox one nine eight. The other day, I was at a restaurant. ESPN was on Mina Kimes. I remember that Zach said in a pod he would do her. Jesus, man, what the hell? I don't know if I was that blunt. Okay, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Maybe we chose uh writers we were attracted to and did i list mina kimes yes i'm not denying that i i would hope i was never that blunt to where i was like i'd, I'd bring her you know I'd i don't I even say that. I, listen i got a I got an admission to make if we're talking about people that because you know everybody says like the k adams and you know the people like that right the you know all those people i gotta throw one out there and it's like she's listen i don't even care she's thick but i like her it fucking Rachel Nichols, dude. Oh, I'm okay, okay with Rachel Nichols. Okay. All right. I dude, I remember when she was like way thinner and way younger, and I was about that life. But you're like, about to still. get can- you're about to get canceled for that. I know, bro. But you only liked her looking. when she was thinner. I, no, fuck no. I like her more now. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I, I know I, he's I, I know he's out there in the Jimmy Butler. Back me up on this, Jimmy no, no, Butler. No, I, I, <laughs> I've seen her before. I, I refer to her as the as the redhead thick lady. I didn't know that's what her name was. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yep. I had to like type the name in to see if that was the same person that I was thinking of when you started talking. And I was like, yeah, that's her. I know who you're talking about. But I mean, uh, what, what's 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 my girl's name now? Uh, Taylor. What's her name? Rooks. Taylor Rooks. Taylor Rooks. Wow. Hold on. All right. If we're going there, hold yeah, up. No, hold up. She's, uh... she, she is stunning. She is like gorgeously stunning. Like, oh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. wow. 
Now I have to look up Hannah Storm. Who is Hannah Storm? Is that a porn star? Hannah Storm. Is that a porn star? How how Roberta says once. How long ago are we talking? It's definitely a porn star name, but it's not a porn star. <laughs> she was fine once. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> look, look, we're showing his pigs. We're showing his pigs. Joy, t- Joy Taylor. Joy, Joy, Taylor, Joy yeah. Taylor. Shout outs to Joy she Taylor. She looks so Hell much yeah. like Jason. <laughs> if Jason. Sorry. I'm sorry. What? That's all uh... I see in the face. All I see is Jason. It's and the look, forehead and face. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. We weren't going to get into this, but Gray Fox super chatted it. I'm sorry. This wasn't something that was on the agenda for tonight's yeah. show. So please don't come at us. This was also, I heard, I've heard through the grapevine, she's not the nicest person, but Molly Karam is fine as fuck, too. She got kicked off first take, right? For for disagreeing with uh, both of them. I'm pretty sure she tried she tried to stand her uh, ground against skipping Stephen A. I don't know, but she's she's a very beautiful lady. All right, before we get canceled, let's wrap it up here. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the first preview show of the year. I blame Gray Fox 198 for any drama that comes our way from the end of the stream. Hit like, hit subscribe. Thanks to tuning in. Mike, uh, let's post on where to find you. I'm sure they already know, but go ahead. Listen, guys, when the regular season gets here, there will be no more dual streams. If you are watching this on Nothing But Niners or Twitter right now, Make sure you guys are subscribed to the 49ers Hive YouTube page. These shows will continue, but exclusively on their end. So please, 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 if you enjoy this content, if you like this trio, make sure you get on over there because that's where it's going to continue. Once the regular season gets here, it is over for the duels for the dual streams. All right. I love it. And we'll be live uh, Sunday after the game, breaking it all yep. down. Uh, Matt, Absolutely. you want to go ahead and carry us out? All of our handles are on below on the screen. Go follow us on Twitter, by the way. Absolutely. Football's back, baby. We only got a couple days until the 49ers uh, kick off their 2023 season. It's just preseason game number one, but we all know the beaten potatoes of the situation. So much action, so much intrigue. It doesn't necessarily have to be about the quarterbacks. Please, guys, just root for the team in general. That's what I know that I do each and every week on this show, which is why I sign off the way that I do. So thank you always for being here, guys. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Zach. You guys are holding it down as always. Sunday night, come back and join us after the game. But until that point and until next time, go Niners.